Spencer Nugent, thanks for joining us on 20 Questions this afternoon oh, in the studio. Um, so excited to have you on. Me and Spencer haven't really met, so it was kind of funny, like, uh, for the yeah, first time. Yeah, we literally meeting. met today. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, he's yeah. like, who are you? What you do? What do you do? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I have a big story <laughs> that you can hear another time. Oh, good, good to meet you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Spencer is an industrial designer, super legendary in the industrial design scene, for all of you that don't know. He's um, internationally known for a lot of things, in, uh, including his awesome sketching. He's put together um, a couple really, really great uh, sketching compendiums for industrial design. And then he's also just an all-around creative, you know, senior creative guy and uh, living here in Salt Lake at the moment. Yes. And um, having some roots in Salt Lake. So that's awesome. Conwood Heights to be specific. Yeah, cool. Or as I like to call it, the Heights. Yeah, represent. <laughs> <laughs> you made it sound cool. Um, all right. So this is 20 questions on Design Lake City. And here we go. All right. So we start with some rapid fire questions. Okay. Hit me. Question number one. What's your all-time favorite movie? All-time favorite movie. That one's that one's tough. I have a lot of favorite movies, but my go-to answer is Fight Club. Fight Club. Oh, yeah. That's good. Fight Club. It's good good stuff. Um what needs a redesign? Uh, this just hit me the other day, dropping my kids off at school. Those those traffic circles at schools need some serious attention. There's yeah. a lot of potential there. Where you're dropping the kids off and you're yeah. like having to drive through. There's it like one lane and, yeah. and a million parents. Yeah. Like, we've got to be able to fix this. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, my kids could use that too. Their school. Um, what gets you up in the morning? Uh, huh, it's a good question. I, I think I've trained my body to just get up. Um, I work out a lot. So oh, cool. that's kind of my daily therapy meditation. Oh, like first thing in the morning? Yeah. Go to it. Yeah, 5.30, 6 in the morning. Awesome. Um, these are going great. Super rapid. All so right. that gives us some time for the fourth question, which is the origin origin story question. Okay. Kind of like it. Um, some of your background. Like, basically, the question is, how did you get your start? And you can explain that however you want. Wow, my start. Well, yeah. see, uh, my parents were in love, and this thing happened. <laughs> Nine months later, I came to be. Birds and bees. Um, <laughs> no, just kidding. I, I actually started in math. I, I oh, was cool. in love with math and science, technology. Um, my dad was an artist as well, just by hobby. Um, by trade, he was a chemist and business professional. Anyhow, <clears throat> so I thought, I want to be a math teacher. Uh. So that's what I did. And I got to calculus two and realized this is just not fun anymore. It got into theory and the numbers went away. Gotcha. Once you get past so, the graphing and the math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was application of not even application of theory, but study of theory. Uh. Less so much ap application. And and it really clicked when I discovered design through a friend who was doing industrial design. And I thought, well, I can be creative and do artistic type things and make a living. This yeah. is cool. Let me try this. And I was good at it. But with math, what I realized is it really wasn't so much about the numbers as it was about the creative problem solving. Mm. Um, with math, you're presented with problems and you apply certain tools to those problems. Um, sometimes you think creatively, meaning you take these tools that maybe seem disparate and combine them in a way that gives you your desired solution, mm. um, which sounds a lot like design, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's about taking different ideas and mixing those together, right. and at least parts of design, I should say, and then coming up with a, a viable solution. That's cool. So, um, just a little follow up. So, w did you like sketch as a kid? Were you were you into drawing? You know, much? I I loved the idea of drawing, but I wasn't very good at it. Uh -huh. um, I mean, I could go back and show you my old drawings, but I loved comic books and I appreciated the art in comic books. My brother had a huge comic book collection, and he doesn't have it anymore. But I remember just 
staring at the, the pictures. That's what I would do. Yeah, yeah. Um, didn't really understand the storyline or any of that, but totally. I wanted to draw like those guys yeah. at some point, you know. Um, but I didn't quite apply myself then until I got to college. Gotcha. That's that's when you brought up comic books. That's what I did. It was just like copy like X Men comic books. Yeah, exactly, kid, exactly. Know? And just like verbatim, like I would just try to make it like a match, but it's like training, you know. Yeah, we were a Marvel house, so lots of X Men, Spider Man. Yeah, that's the best. Um, occasionally, you would get into anime, um, Robotech stuff like that. So, so we're we're like the same era, era, like yeah, I think so. Or <laughs> yeah, like. okay. Yeah, Transformers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Transformers yeah. the movie. Oh yeah. man, that was so good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and like when those X Men movies finally came out. Yes, like, amazing. I know. Okay, so the fifth question is just I wanted you to talk about like a, a particular project, maybe like an innovative or like embarrassing project or something, you know, like that you're working on. Uh, currently working on or uh, have worked it's on? It's up to you. Oh, okay. Um, I guess I would pick, if I were to pick something from the, the last five years, mm -hmm. um, I spent a lot of time at Vivint Smart Home. Um, actually, before I started working there, we worked on, when I had my own consultancy at the time with a business partner, Worked on their first video doorbell product, which turned out to be a huge hit for them. Mm. Um, and I point that one out because of how uh, scrappy the process was at the time. Hmm. They were a much smaller company then. I mean, we literally sat in a conference room for a week. Oh, um, right. Just, you know, sun up to sundown. Yeah. Uh, we, I mean, we had piles of research, competitive products. Yeah. And at the end of the week, we came up with... Two, two camera concepts. Um, mm. One was for an indoor camera. The other was for the doorbell, which ended up influencing their next indoor camera product. But mm. um, I was really proud of that process, albeit very quick. And we got paid handsomely for it nice. as a design firm. But um, it was really a, a process that stretched me in a lot of ways because of how fast it was. Mm. Literally one week, start to finish. That's why. Just, so just all hands on deck, staying yeah. up all night. Yeah, I mean, we had CAD at least ready for prototypes, um, Dang. Uh, somewhat to scale, ready to go. Like, mm. it was really fast. That's cool. I'd like to see that maybe, like, um, the listeners would, too. Is, there, is that, like, public, some of that work? Yeah, if you that? if you just go to Vivint Smart Home, look at their current doorbell yeah. product. Um, That's it. it. It changed a lot as products yeah. uh, sometimes do in the development process. For sure. Well, I shouldn't say a lot. I mean... There's there's one change specifically I'm thinking about, which is <laughs> that the, one change. Yeah, it's the dimensional thickness of the product. Uh, um, but that was that was a necessary move. Um, so yeah, that that's available. You can take a look at it on their website or marketing materials. And then I'm, I also worked on the next version of that product, which will come out in due time. Cool. I'll just say that. Okay. All right, on to the next section. This one's called the personal stasis section. And uh, just starting off like with a few kind of short questions. Um, so do you get nervous? Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah. All the time. I and, mean, yesterday I had a panic attack. Uh, I mean, life happens. Things right. happen. And, mm -hmm. you know, you, you're moving along and something just happens. And, you know, if you're caught off guard, you kind of panic. Right, um, right. So, yeah, it happens. Could be in the car. Could be because of your kids. Yeah, yeah. My kids. There's certain things yeah. I don't get nervous about anymore because I've done them enough. But... Sometimes I do. Mm. So what are your goals as a designer in like this point in your career? Like are there things you feel like you need to, need to work on still? Wow. Is this like a three-hour question <laughs> or three-second? Maybe what's a goal? Okay, okay. Um, I would say right now my focus is, and maybe this will sound uh, contrived, <laughs> but my goal right now is to create things and experiences of value to people. Mm. 
that's my focus right now. Okay. Things and experiences. Yes. And and interconnected or um, all of the above kind of. Uh, either or. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I was trained as an industrial designer, mm-hmm. um, but I see myself more as a creative, almost leaning into the artistic side of things. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, a question I have right now is what can I create a, a value that people will appreciate? Mm. And it's just an open question, something I'm willing to tolerate and just let sit with me. I like that. Um, so it's not it's not coming from any uh, project brief or client mm-hmm. or any kind of mm-hmm. uh, requirement like that. Yeah. Just, just for myself. You're able to like zoom out and almost almost like ask like what's valuable in, in this world or what's exactly. what is valuable exactly. to create. Um, I, feel like, I feel like we all have something to contribute mm-hmm. and... My question right now is, is what is it that I have to contribute of value? Mm, like that. Um, question eight, what advice would you give your younger designer self? Oh, man. Um, two things. Be a sponge and learn the power of perception. Okay. Yeah, those are great. I almost like, yeah, let's not say anything else. <laughs> um, a few more rapid fire questions. Okay. Um... If you could talk to one dead person, who would it be? Wow, that would be definitely, well, <laughs> a lot of people, but H.H. Geiger. Oh, he cool. was really weird. Um, well, I shouldn't say he was really weird, but his work was really weird. So I just kind of want to understand where did this come from? And it was so different at the time. If you don't know who that is, that's the illustrator responsible for a lot of the inspirational artwork behind uh, the movie Alien. Right. Aliens. So he, he did this um, cold combination of technology and biology, and it was just so weird um mm. and i love that ridley scott took inspiration from that and used his work um in aliens because it was it was just so different at the time mm. um mm-hmm. completely not what we'd expect so I'd, I'd love to talk to him just trying to understand his creative process and where he got his inspiration and it would seem in hindsight you know looking at his life that it was fairly consistent like he probably had a point of view mm-hmm. as far as his creations yeah and i'd just love to understand something hey, <laughs> yeah where is this coming from yeah yeah he, had, he had something dystopian or futuristic like that's it seemed yeah, like a like, lot of it was coming from some future yeah, place yeah that's cool um a, another one that would be fun to like uh post some links to or oh listeners. absolutely um here's a good one what bends your mind every time you think about Ooh, it what bends my mind um right now i've had a lot of conversations with friends about the nature of life and our existence so <laughs> if i allow myself to step outside of my own paradigm and upbringing understanding and consider other possibilities right now that bends my mind mm. so maybe some of you have heard this but the idea that life as we know it reality is a computer simulation mm-hmm. and all of a sudden these questions start flowing in my head like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. why what how who's behind all this you right know, are we just avatars for some higher consciousness and what does that mean for our existence and our purpose uh, and it it kind of dismantles you for a minute and thrusts you into this like feeling and sense of chaos because i feel it's inherent to us as humans to want to make sense of things mm-hmm. um there's a little bit of a designer in all of us if you will we like to create order and so if I allow myself to metabolize and tolerate that um, chaos and that thought, that's what throws me for a loop. Mm. So kind of like Matrix-esque. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you can think of it that if way. If you're not in control. There's there's a lot of like, um, I feel like there's some research floating around right now about not having free will or that idea that you, you don't really have free will, like all your actions are pre-planned. That's and, interesting. Yeah, I'll have to follow up on that. I mean, I don't know about the lack of free will so yeah. much as I do know that the older I get, the less flexibility I have in my choices. Hmm. Um, 
and not because inherently you can't choose. It's just right. you build a life, and it's yeah. a lot harder to make those pivots you'd make as a younger person. And you and you build a brain too, like things get ingrained into your yes. chemical pathways. We put roots down. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's cool. Um, so maybe in that sense, we don't have free will. Yeah, that's something we get. <laughs> I'll come back to with because I want to. I want to like do, dig a little deeper okay. and get back with that stuff. Um, so, if not a designer, what would you be? I would be a chess player. If wow. I weren't a designer, and I would dedicate all my life to playing chess because I, I love chess. Okay, so you yeah. so you are a chess player, and I, would I used think to play in one. high school. Okay, um, it's something I didn't uh, apply the discipline to to make something of it uh -huh, uh -huh. but i do wish i had i could see that I see i see the dedication in your work and stuff you do online well, thanks. so thanks. i could see that is there a good living for a chess player to be had oh man so okay so maybe i'm skipping ahead but um i don't know if you have this down but it's a guilty pleasure of mine to okay. just sit and watch chess nice. online <laughs> in my spare time no way. and some of these guys they make you know millions of dollars a year just <sighs> By being the best, but I'm talking about yeah. top ten to top yeah. twenty in the world, winning competitions. You know, they'll, they'll play a tournament and, on yeah. a Saturday yeah. and make seventy five thousand dollars. So okay. I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. It's like poker dudes. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Okay, that makes me want to like watch some chess. Actually, you should check it out uh, if you like chess. I should say, yeah, it's an I acquired should. taste. I feel like I should. Is that weird? Okay, so this, it's a creative process section, like we could try to unpack your um, creative process and, and your inspiration a bit. And so question 12 is the question we always ask everybody, which is where do you find inspiration? Uh, like where and how, from who? So I did a project recently, and maybe this will answer your question. I, <laughs> I like I said, I work out every day. And there's this really cool geometrical detail on this urinal. I know it sounds weird, but that literally made it into some of my design work for a client. I won't say who. Okay. And on the product. And it turned out to be a really cool feature. But um, my point is find inspiration everywhere. It's all around. Could be a building, could be a urinal, could be, you know, plant. I just, I, I try to keep my eyes open. I love that. Okay, here's a good question. So, um, kind of like as a as a senior designer, senior creative in you know, in the um, organize, organizations that you'd be working for, how do you get critical feedback on you on your design and your creative work? You know, th this is a tough one for me. Um, I have found that at times I do like to silo myself a bit, mm -hmm. um, allow myself to create um, uninterrupted. However, if I do need feedback or when I do. I tend to reach out to friends, colleagues, contacts, people that I respect, mm. um, people that you could say know something that I don't, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. whether it's a skill, aptitude, or um, perhaps they've had an experience, could be a multicultural perspective, mm -hmm. um, just trying to get that that kind of feedback. That's cool. And like outside of your organization, your company? Yeah, as well as outside. So it might be friends. Yeah. Um, you know, people that I that I trust not to um, blab. I'll yeah. just say, hey, what do you think of this? I'm working on this problem um, and kind of get their feedback. That's cool. That's great advice. Um, question 14, do you have tricks for getting out of a rut? Ooh, yes. Um, I always go orthogonal to whatever I'm doing. So if I'm hyper fixated on a design problem or challenge, I'll do something completely different. Mm. Go sing karaoke, um, go for a walk, mm. play some video games, whatever. Just get your mind off of it. Just whatever you get my do. mind off of it. Get the subconscious yeah. back I feel on. like it, it's kind of like, you know, your brain's like a muscle. 
And if you're constantly working that muscle, it's going to get fatigued. So at some point you got to, you got to rest it or work out a different muscle group, so uh, to speak. So I think there's something to be said about just giving your brain a rest. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. So the next question is a good question for you because it's about sketching. And I ask a lot of our guests this question, actually, like how, how important is sketching within the creative process? And like, how do you use that? And how do you use sketching, you know, with clients and internally? And like, maybe or do you have some tips around kind of like do's and don'ts? Um, sketching in a traditional sense is, has, and always will be a part of my process. Mm-hmm. Um, I consider it somewhat of a prototyping tool. Um, it's a two-dimensional prototyping tool. So mm-hmm. I'm less concerned about the fidelity of my output these days and more concerned about um, the quality of the idea and the communication behind the sketch. And sometimes that necessitates a uh, higher fidelity, um, more polished sketch. Mm-hmm. Other times it's, hey, we're, we're hashing something out on a whiteboard. And right. That's okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an integral part of my process. And like I said, always will be. Yeah. Cool. So, um, on that note, do you have a favorite tool, like kind of a physical tool, like pen and paper type thing, or like a digital tool that you'd like to advocate or man, that's, that's tough. I feel like certain tools, uh, they just work for certain projects. Mm -hmm. If I'm doing soft goods, I'm usually doing pencil or ballpoint pen. Mm -hmm. If I'm doing electronics, I'll do, um, kind of a solid whole line type of pen, like a paper made flare. Yep. Um, for just all around portable studio, you could say my iPad pro is, is my go-to these days. Okay. Um, haven't touched a Wacom tablet in about two, maybe three years oh, at wow. this point. Yeah. yeah. It's just dusty. You might as well get rid of it. Well, I did. Yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's funny. Other if people you're listening, Wacom, I love you. Yeah. Yeah. We miss you. Um, yeah. I still work on a Wacom. Just Photoshop's the one I can't do without, I guess, mm. but I know there's way, there's ways, but, but the iPad, the portability, right. Kind of makes yeah, it feel like, absolutely. It's, you know, could be a, a sketch pad wherever you go. <laughs> this is the pontification section. Where do you think design is headed? Wow. That's, that's a big one. Yeah, it is like, you know, thinking about like the future of design or do you have like some predictions, like where, where design might be useful in the future? Um, I think, I think design is headed to a place of commoditization and, um, assisted generate generation of ideas, if you will. So consider the trends in machine learning, AI, at some point we're going to have the ability to teach machines how to do what we do, Mm -hmm. not necessarily program them to do it, but have them observe us do it. Mm think through problems. I mean, we're already to the point where at least aesthetically we can use AI and machine learning to generate um, aesthetic things, patterns. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there's generative design that exists right now in Autodesk's products, for example, where you can <clears throat> set up a certain set of criteria and as the old saying goes, form follows function or old, new, current saying, form follows function the form that is resultant is um, based on the the requirement that that you give the program. So you might say, hey, here's two wheels and they need to move this way and it needs to support this load. Mm. And then the AI will come up with a structure Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that satisfies that. And you can even put in uh, material or weight constraints or whatever, Mm. and it'll create the optimized output. And inherently there's an aesthetic there. There's... There is a beauty to it. Um, it's perhaps not what a human might think of um, as we 
try to lean into symmetry and balance mm-hmm. and rhythm and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, this is purely functional, functionally driven, but yeah. the aesthetic is inherent. So I see a place where there's almost a, a human-machine partnership in the process. Um, some things about design are and will be commoditized. Things like sketching, maybe mm-hmm. controversial, hmm. um, but again, think of it as a prototyping tool for generating ideas um, in a two-dimensional sense. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to become automated. It's already becoming commoditized. So hmm. think of it as, you know, the precursor to automation is commoditization and um, ease of access to those skills. So there's so many more tools, so many more opportunities to learn. Um, so you, you have programs now that as you're drawing, they'll assist how you draw. Right. Like it's mind blowing. Yeah. You know, I come from it's a like place. Where, yeah. I come from a place where this stuff was, you know, you had to practice hours and hours and hours. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. I just imply what I want to do yeah. and it gives me something. Yeah, <laughs> like, that, wow. That, that okay. Ellipse, ellipse yeah. Tool ellipse tools, yeah. perspective tools, yeah. line tools, you know, that's just the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like consider where this is heading. And mm-hmm. I think, I think we're going to be in an interesting place. Um, that's not to say there won't be a place for designers or design, but I think learning to adapt and use those tools to our advantage is going to ultimately help elevate the profession. Mm. Um, so the next question is this everybody's favorite trite question, which is, can design save the world or how can? Oh, that's a good one. Can it, design save well, the world? Design can save the world by not trying to save the world. Hmm. Um, I don't think it's about a an all-encompassing vision or task of changing the world but we can all do a small part in saving the world i mean saving the world uh is it's that's going to mean different things to different people yeah for sure yeah so which world are you saving yeah you know to some it means white nationalism like that's that's saving their worlds and to some it's hey we need to lean into um more environmentally conscious and socially sensitive um, efforts, whether through communication or whatever. Mm. Um, That being said, I just think design can make a difference. I'll put it that way by making a difference, meaning doing, doing the small things we do. That's cool. Is there a myth about design that you'd like to debunk? Yeah. um, Maybe, maybe related to a bit of my pet peeve is, you know, I've, I've in a corporate setting worked with, individuals or people's groups who consider design to be purely aesthetics. Um, and that that's a myth I'd love to quash. It's a part of a piece of it, yeah. but it's not the entirety of what we do. Right. <clears throat> but it's also like that piece you don't want to like give up to. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So it's like we want to have our cake and eat it I don't it hate it. I love it. Yeah. It's just, hey, we do more than that. Yeah. We're problem solvers too. Yes. Um, okay. A few more rapid fire questions. All right. Um, do you have a motto or a mantra or like a one word maxim you'd like to share? Oh, I have many. Um, and if you want to share multiple, that's fine. Oh, this one I stole from a, one of my favorite brands, um, hard or hard. Yeah. Hard graft. And, uh, it's called hold to the good. That's their, their motto. Hold and to the good. That's something that, that I like to remind myself. That's cool. That kind of makes me think of the, like do good bumper sticker. I've been yeah. around town. I want to say it's Cotopaxi. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I've taken that to mean. I, I, I think I know what they're meaning by it, but personally, I've taken that to mean just find the good in everything. Mm. Okay, last question. Uh, Salt Lake-related question. I meant to do more of those, but whatever. Um, 
the last question is, do you have a happy place in Salt Lake? And, you know, describe that place. Oh, wow. Um, in the city at large, I would say probably just downtown. Um, and I know that's that's probably nonspecific, but I do appreciate the um, arch- architecture yeah. um, at face value. It's not, it's, I mean, it's not the most... Um, compelling or striking architecture but I I, right. I love the contrast from where I live but I also love where I live yeah um, and that would be my other favorite place cool it's literally my backyard oh perfect yeah. and and you've got a couple kids so you can share that with with your family yeah that's, exactly that's good yeah. okay well that's it awesome um we did it that was really um quick and great 20 questions so I appreciate your time and yeah, for sure. You know, taking a chance on coming here, not knowing anybody in the studio, and hey, at least they didn't get murdered. So yeah, I mean, we're good. we still have a couple I mean, minutes. We do but... have a couple minutes, <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> yeah, we can try to feed you some some poison or something. Oh, um, there's a reason I didn't drink your water. Yeah, there's a so. big water jug that he would was avoiding. No, it's okay. We're we're gonna try to keep you alive, keep you designing the I, community. I, and, I appreciate that. And um, also, it'd be great to have you back. Like we talked about, maybe like a season two type. Uh, video series kind of a thing we can dive more into like um you know visual visual design and sketching and whatnot that'd be great I yeah for sure really cool to have you back absolutely that, you know we're not murderers okay i um, mean if i do survive i'd be happy to come back okay so sounds good yeah cool thanks so much man thank you 